Grasp the Bible is a podcast of Spring Baptist Church that walks through selected books of the Bible, verse by verse, as well as spend time exploring biblical ideas and topics to help you understand and apply God's Word in your daily life. Pastor Dale Stein of our Klein campus will be leading each week's podcast. This is our 120th episode, and we are in Psalm 139, worshiping an all-knowing God. Mm-hmm. So, Pastor Hill, it's good to have you with us today. Thank you. Glad to be back. I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Marty Richardson. I'm one of the co-hosts. So, as we jump into today, I know you had kind of a snarky title at mm-hmm. first, but yeah. we, we decided to dial it back. We didn't go all into the, you know, worshiping a sovereign, omniscient God. We could have said that. Mm-hmm. Or we could have said, what What were you thinking? It was a little bit trite, but... Worshiping a know-it-all God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, but, but we didn't want to step into that idea of being disrespectful. But mm-hmm. But the idea is that God knows and sees everything. Yes. And that's one of the traits. As we look here in this psalm, the psalmist is saying, giving us several reasons why we should worship God. And he's talking about how God is omniscient and how he's, he, he is omnipresent and how he's omnipotent. And those are all big words. And so we're just going to focus on the first word, which is omniscience, which means all-knowing. And the psalmist is going to worship God because God knows everything. And in fact, he even begins and he is confessing that God knows all things about him. He knows his thoughts in verse two. God knows his ways. We see that in verse three and God knows his words in verse four. So the psalmist is telling us here why we should worship God because of his omniscience. He doesn't say just God knows everything. He's saying, in a real practical way, this impacts my daily life. And isn't it great that we have a God who knows all these things about us? And shouldn't he be praised for knowing all these things? That's a great idea. And then on the flip side, he still knows all of that, but he still loves us. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, go ahead. So here's the thing, right? Is having an omniscient God, a threat? That's, I think, a great question to ask is, well, if we have a clean conscience, if we're living the life that he has called us to live and we're obedient to him, no problem. But what if we're not? What does it mean then that we have an all-powerful, all-knowing God, knowing all there is about us? We can hide things from other people pretty well if we want, but there is nothing hidden from his sight. And... What does it mean then to live knowing that there is a God who knows all things that are hidden from all other people? At first, you, you, you think it is a bit of a threat, but at, at the end of it, if you really take it to its logical conclusion, it's actually freeing mm-hmm. because you don't have to hide anything. Right. It's, it's there. Mm-hmm. And so basically it's, hey, let's just submit to him. So... Now, he is um, omnipotent. Mm -hmm. Um, That means all-powerful, right? Mm -hmm. And omnipresent, which means he's all-present. But we've decided to focus focus on this idea that he's Mm all-knowing. How does that impact our life today? Yeah, so it's very interesting. Um, So, as you know, I used to work in law enforcement before, and there have been lots of studies that have been done about how to deter people from criminal activity. And several studies have been done that, that show that when people see a sign that says this premise is monitored, or if there's a fake security camera up, 
people act in ways different than they would have otherwise because they know, they believe actually, that there is someone watching them. So their behavior changes. So knowing then that we have an all-seeing God, an all-knowing God, how does that or how should that change the way that we behave, the things that we believe, the words that we say? And this is really what the psalmist is getting at. And, and I think one reason um, that people reject God is that they do this introspection. They see where they are with life. And the thought can be, what do I do with all this before God who sees everything? And it is much easier for me to deny the existence of that God. That way, if I deny that, then I don't have to come to face to face with all of this inside of me. So therefore, I reject God, and I can continue living the way that I'm living right now. That'd be the ostrich head in the sand mm -hmm. version of that. Mm -hmm. I also think there's another response people can have in, um, in basically rebelling, saying, I don't really care that you're looking. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, we both have a lot of kids, mm -hmm. and some kids do respond quite well to the, I'm always listening. I always know what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, in the age of phones yes. and internet, I know that you had, what was it, a couple of years ago, one of your daughters, you had to become very heavy-handed in your monitoring of her internet life mm -hmm. for her own good. Right. But sometimes, sometimes even knowing that somebody knows doesn't deter people. Right. So how does God deal with those people? <laughs> yeah. So um, eventually God will turn us over to the lifestyle that we are choosing. Paul makes that very clear in Romans. And so, but I think that, that God is gracious and that he gives us opportunities mm -hmm. to turn, uh, that he can place people in our lives who would speak the truth to us about what's going on to get us to realize that, to turn to him. So, uh, again, the theme that we see throughout this whole series is God's mercy and grace continually at work, even while we are in rebellion against him. And I think the great thing is that at any point when we turn back to him, even though he's got the whole record, his mercy and grace still pops up, mm -hmm. that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Mm -hmm. So if if maybe you have got someone in your life or even you who's listening, watching, you think maybe I'm too far gone. Is anybody too far gone, even though God knows it all? If you still have breath in your lungs, you are not too far gone. That's good news. Yeah. And, and here's a great thing. If we look and, and see after the psalmist comes face to face with all of this, and he's doing some introspection, on one hand, you would think, well, there can be a lot of fear knowing that none of us is perfect, knowing that we have all sinned, um, his reaction, though, is not one of fear. It is not one of, of trembling. But he shelters himself in knowing this. He marvels at God's omniscience, and he actually finds comfort in that. Because um, for him, God's knowledge is not a threat. It's a refuge. And we've talked about this before on a prior episode where we have sinned and we feel like we're away from God. And if we return to him, we have to confess. And if we confess, then 
We have to bring all this stuff to him and bring it out in the open and deal with it as if he doesn't already know it. <laughs> and going back to what we said then is that God is simply waiting there for us to to return to that. And so we see that this this idea again of God being this refuge uh, of one who who does know all of this. And in spite of all that, we find hope, we find rest, we find comfort in him. That's a great word. Now, as we kind of wrap up this, we've got a couple more weeks in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Why would the psalmist write about this? Like from, from, from a cultural standpoint or whatever, what, what, what would bring this up? You can understand what I'm asking here? Yeah. You, you know, the, the, the idea, because I think sometimes we forget that God knows everything about us, but he may not choose to act on it all. Mm-hmm. But the psalmist wrote this for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we see the psalmist working through this idea. So wh- what do you think the reason is that the psalmist wrote this, just from a personal standpoint? So we are in a particular section of the psalms that all deal with praise and worship. And so as the psalmist goes through the different writings that, that we see in this last section of the book of Psalms, we see this whole theme of praise and, and, and why should we praise God? And so in this particular psalm, it's not simply omniscience. He praises him for these other attributes as well. And so he, I think, is really finding reasons to, to praise God in the everyday things of life. And so knowing that no matter what he goes through, God is always there with him. Um, <clears throat> no matter what he's going through, God has the ability to act and overcome resistance and um, obstacles during those times. So he's seeing that in his everyday life, there's always a reason to praise God. That's a great word. And and I think that um, we forget that that which we think on is what we become. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the New Testament's clear about that. Paul wrote a lot about, well, you know, was it Romans, that I will conform my mind Right, Romans 12, we have to renew our minds. Yes, and, and, the, and <clears throat> so, so we see that, but I think that's one of the reasons why this is so powerful, is it's, we sometimes will get caught, and I call them the toilet bowls, but it's like this negative thought cycle, mm-hmm. and the quickest way to get out of that is to do one of two things. The first thing is just to praise God for who He is, be thankful for who He is, for what He's done. And the, the second thing is serving people, but, but we're talking about the first thing here. So it, it's not a coincidence that the psalmist would drive us towards focusing in on God in our mm-hmm. worship and not focusing in on ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's so easy in our consumer-driven world to make everything about us. Yes. And, and we were all made to worship something, right? <clears throat> so people who say, well, I'm an atheist. Well, you worship something else. It is not the God of the universe, but you do worship something. Mm. And so um, the psalmist here is, is getting us to focus on worshiping the right thing. Ah, that's a great word. So do you, do you have anything in just kind of wrapping up for today? Yeah. So um, for, for those of you who are really just on the side, maybe you are dealing with issues right now that you really don't want to confess. God already knows them. He knows. He, he knew about it before you were going to do that. And at this point, he wants confession. And 
uh, again, we see that in the psalm that there is this confession in very real ways. And I think part of that is really to begin that whole process of healing. It is confessing those things. God, you, you, you've heard the language that I use. You've seen the things that I look at. You know the thoughts that I think in my heart and begin to confess those things and acknowledge them. And that confession is really the first part of beginning to return back to, back to God. Well, that is a great word. So today, if you're struggling, and sometimes I think it takes a little while to, rem- to figure out why we're struggling, mm-hmm. but it almost always, um, I'll, I'll tell a quick story. The, um, I've got somebody who like drifted out of my choir. I couldn't figure out why. Like They were just upset about stuff and, and all that, and I was talking to the pastor about it, and, and he very wisely said to me, he's like, I'm not being a prophet here, but just know this is a very similar situation to what I've seen before, and I'm guessing there is something in that family's life, some sin in one of the family members that's just just wreaking havoc on that family, and and they basically responded by withdrawing from the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, he was right. It was something popped up, and and it was what it was. So I want to encourage people to, like, like you said, God knows. So if you're struggling today, just just lay it all out there and confess that you know that He knows, mm-hmm. and just start with a fresh a fresh slate. Yes. Because um, I said it earlier, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive those sins and hit, hit you over the head for the rest of your life. No. And what? Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Right. So that's what we got today. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a quick one today. Yes. But, um, you know, I, I thought last week, you know, we'd be talking a lot about worship. But you know what? You can't really worship God if you've got all that sin on your shoulders. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you say worship because that's what we're talking about next week as well. Four different, four different, the, the who, what, where, when, and why kind of thing for worship. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Are we, we going to get some Hebrew words? No, uh, maybe, maybe no. not. Ah, no we should do one of those, like go through all the Hebrew words of worship. I struggled with Hebrew in seminary. Uh, did you? Well, um, you know, I'm pretty good with my pronouns. I make coffee just as well as anybody else. So get it, okay. he, get it Hebrews. That was bad. Okay. I might edit this out. (laughs) So it is so good. Thank you for joining us today. Next week, we're going to get into the who, what, when, where, and how of worship in the Psalms. But for now, thank you for joining us. Check out the snow. Snow. (laughs) I probably need to edit this, but I might not, just so people know where people. Mm -hmm. Check out the show notes Pastor Darrell has worked on. And again, join us next week as we continue to grasp the Bible. (laughs) That's good. Uh